Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. I am back from my renewal leave, and uh, it is good to be uh, finally back uh, recording this podcast and being back in the community of Urban Village and back in this uh, internet community as well. It was a good time away. Uh, I spent most of that time in Europe, so I was traveling ar- uh, around a lot. I've been telling people that I feel not necessarily rested, but certainly rejuvenated and uh, enjoyed my time away. And uh, yeah, and I'm happy to be back as well. So we are now engaging in a new sermon series here at Urban Village called Serenity, and it has to do with uh, anxiety and how we respond to anxiety in our lives. This is something that we've been hearing a lot from folks in our own church um, who are struggling with anxiety, so perhaps this can be helpful for you as well. I'm going to read from the book of Proverbs uh, today. We're going to be looking at Proverbs throughout this uh, four-week sermon series. And so today, this is from Proverbs 3, verses 21 through 26. My child, do not let these escape from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and prudence, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you sit down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden panic or of the storm that strikes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. So one of the reasons I traveled so much on my renewally was that I spent a lot of that in Europe, and uh, most of that was in England. I did a pilgrimage the first part of my time in England following the footsteps of John Wesley, who's the founder of the Methodist movement, and then my family came over and we spent about eight days in London and had a great time. I think about going to London or really any city that you go to for the first time, uh, certainly it takes you a while to figure out exactly where you are and getting to know the streets and a sense of the city. And when we rode the tube or the subway in London, we would uh, sometimes come out of the subway. And again, when you're in a new city, you really have absolutely no idea where you are. In Chicago, because I know the city now and have a sense of where things are, and especially now I have a, just an innate sense that where the lake is, and I always know that the lake is east of where I am. That helps me get a sense of where I am. But when you're in a new city, you have no idea. And so I had on my phone uh, the Google Maps app, and that was, for the most part, always very helpful, especially in helping me ascertain which bus to take and which train to take. But sometimes I would come up, we would come up out of the subway and uh, it wouldn't be getting a great signal at first. So we'd stand there and I, it would tell me, the, the map would tell me, okay, if you want to go to this certain place or this museum or whatever, you have to go that way. But I still didn't know where I was. So I would look at it and do my best to figure out, all right, I think we need to go left. But we would walk about 100 yards or so. And then I'd realize as I looked at the map, like, no, no, actually we needed to go right. And this happened enough to the point where my daughter eventually said, you know, Dad, maybe we should just start off by going the opposite direction of where you think we should go. And that really wasn't bad advice. <laughs> but there were also, when we walked up out of the subway, occasionally there would be maps uh, on the streets as well. So they would be uh, these um, 
little placards that would be on a wall or would be in the ground. And so we would see uh, this map and it would also have that wonderful little icon that would point to where you are and it would say those great words, you are here. And so we would know like, all right, this is where we are. Now we have a better sense perhaps of where we're going. I'm sure you have all seen that little magical icon that says you are here, whether that is at a mall or a parking garage maybe or a park or or Google Maps. And so sometimes I find that very helpful. Now, I think whenever we're in a new place, I think individually there are probably two different uh, ways to think about that. When you're in a new place and uh, maybe two different types of personalities when you are coming out and there's a bit mystery exactly where you are. As you look at the unknown, as you think about where you might go, one person could be filled with excitement and exhilaration who would say, I have absolutely no idea where we are and I cannot wait to explore. I don't need, need a map. Let's go. So that's one end of that kind of personality spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, When you are not sure where you are in a new situation, that may induce panic. So you might say, I have no idea where we are. We aren't going anywhere until I get a sense of where we are. And that little icon that says you are here, I think, can help both ends of that spectrum. And maybe you are somewhere in the middle. Because for the adventurer, the you are here icon slows you down just a bit to have you at least give a little bit of sense of like, all right, before you go running off to who knows where, it might help you at least to get a little grounded. And for the person who's a little nervous about not knowing where they are, that little icon gives you a sense of place. And then perhaps it helps you to say, okay, now I'm ready to go. It maybe gives you a sense of relief. It gives you your bearing. Right now, you might think to yourself, in this vast, sometimes confusing universe, I know where I am. It's not unlike how many of us feel in our own lives, especially when there is uncertainty. So, for example, when you are in a a situation where there is great unknown, and you might imagine your brain or your mind uh, lining up for a race, all right? Uncertainty is like the gun that says, go, Now, for some, possibilities and their minds go shooting off. Yes, let's go. We don't know where we're going. That's great. Uncertainty. We thrive on uncertainty. For others, uncertainty induces panic. And the same thing happens. And our mind just starts going into all these different places. So, hear me now. One is not better than the other. But our society, I think, tends to reward and admire the possibilities person, the one who says, yes, I don't know where I'm going, but that's great. But both of these types of persons are needed. The person who feels some uncertainty and anxiety and the person who's like, yeah, let's go. The important thing to note is this. Back to that metaphor, a little uh, unformed metaphor about the mind ready to take off. When we let our minds take control of our lives, rather than God, 
I think this allows all kinds of emotions to come in unchecked. For the possibilities person, there are no filters. There's no one to stop them. There's no one to say, let's slow down a bit and think this through until they go somewhere where perhaps they shouldn't be going. For the panic person, there's potential for deep anxiety. When your mind, you let your mind totally take control, there's the potential for deep anxiety as they think through all the different things that could go wrong. I was reading an article uh, by a woman named Catherine Willis Pershey, who's an associate minister at First Congregational Church in Western Springs, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. She wrote a book called Any Day a Beautiful Change. And she talks about anxiety, and she, I think, begins to touch on a little bit some of the things for the person who is uncertain and feeling anxious, and the, when our minds take control, all the different places that it can go. So Percy writes this. She says, The summer I got married, I moved across the country and began seminary. I awoke many nights in the midst of full-blown panic attacks. Had I calculated the cost of textbook in our budget? Would our car pass the California emissions test? Was I marrying the wrong man? And so on and so on. So our minds take control. A person of faith, hopefully, is not grounded in where our minds take us, but where God is in our lives. So as I noted earlier, in this sermon series, we begin this called a Serenity, Four Ways of Dealing with Anxiety. One of the reasons we're doing this is because we've heard from a fair number of folks that anxiety is something that they really struggle with. The mind takes us into all kinds of dark places, and this can have a negative impact on our spiritual lives. Again, Percy quotes, when she talks about anxiety, she says this, Anxiety thrives in the face of the unknown. Anxiety makes a graven image of the unknown, artfully obscuring mystery with an infinite sketch of possible disasters. It leaves no potential tragedy unturned, no catastrophe unconsidered. In the absence of certainty, anxiety assures that the worst will happen. Anxiety may save you from abject fear, but at a cost. It is exhausting and depressing. So today I want to talk to you about the presence of God and how that affects how we deal with anxiety. So as I noted, we will be looking at Proverbs during this sermon series. So a quick word about Proverbs. You may have read little snippets here and there. It's right next to the Psalms in the Bible. Proverbs is 31 chapters long, and chapters 1 through 9 are really wisdom poems about various topics. They're a series of instructions written for young people by the intellectual elite of that day. So it's kind of like a commencement address to graduates. One of the main messages that they say is essentially, use your head, right? Use wisdom when living in your day-to-day life. More than that, though, a key message is to let the fear of the Lord undergird this wisdom. So it's not just be smart about how you live your life. It's also how you live your life should be the the foundation that should be fear of the Lord. And when I say fear of the Lord, I don't mean panic, like being afraid of God. But instead, fear of the Lord means to be in awe and obedience of who God is. And we see that in this text that I read today from Proverbs 3. So verses 21 and 22 encourage the reader and receiver of this message to honor wisdom, to be prudent. And then verse 23 says this, Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. The metaphors of way and paths in Proverbs are images 
used for life decisions. It's often accompanied with images of feet that run or walk in one moral direction or another. So when the author is talking here, when you walk on your way, he's talking about life decisions and often using running or walking and feet and talking about which way you will go. So the author is saying, if you do these things, if you use wisdom, if you are prudent, you will not be afraid. Your sleep will be sweet. What a wonderful phrase that is. Perhaps all of us can relate to the 3 a.m. waking up and whatever it is, even if it's a little niggling thing that you're a little nervous about or not looking forward to, it seems like at 3 a.m. that just blows up and all of a sudden it's the worst thing in the world and then you can't sleep. And then you get anxious because you know I need sleep if I'm going to make it through the day, and it just feeds on itself. And so the author of Proverbs kind of knows this. Your sleep will be sweet. And then at the end is the reminder that the foundation of wisdom, the true rock, is where our hearts should be. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. In order to guide our path, in order to have sweet sleep, the Lord must be the foundation of our life. And it is most helpful to always remember that presence. It begins and ends with the presence of God. The guide to our path is not where our minds take us, but where God takes us. It begins and ends with the presence of God. We see this in a couple of different ways. I think for people who know, like, it must begin not with where our heads tell us to go. It must take us where God is in our lives. Even Jesus has some anxiety. We read this in Matthew 26. Jesus this is coming near the end of his life, the end of his ministry. He senses that something is up, and so he wants to pray, and so he brings his closest friends with him, and he tells them, stay here, I'm going to go pray. This is in a place called Gethsemane, and his friends, and he begins to feel sad and anxious. And so the text says, this is Matthew 26, verses 37 through 39, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible version. It says, then Jesus took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, and he began to feel sad and anxious. And Jesus said to them, I'm very sad. It's as if I'm dying. Stay here and keep alert with me. Then he went a short distance farther and fell on his face and prayed, My father, if it's possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not what I want, but what you want. So here we see Jesus is feeling anxiety and he knows, I have no idea if Jesus' mind is going to all kinds of different dark places, but he knows where to center himself that it starts with God. He knows that he must go and be in prayer. And so when he prays, the first thing that he says is, My Father. The mind must first start with the presence of God. You may also know the serenity prayer that's used often in recovery groups and has been helpful to so many people when it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And often I think people will focus on latter parts of this prayer, understandably so. I want to have the courage to change it, the wisdom to know the difference, accept the things I cannot change, but it all starts with God. God, grant me. It begins and ends with the presence of of God, not where our minds, it does not begin with where our heads are. So it's easy to say this stuff, 
right? But how do we live it out? How do we do it? Well, in worship, I'm going to be teaching a quick exercise about how you can do that. And I'm going to amend it just a little bit. I'm going to teach folks the breath prayer. It's a very, very simple prayer. Sometimes prayer brings anxiety in people when we talk about prayer. But first, when, we, when I teach the breath prayer, I'm going to ask them to think of an image of God that is most helpful. Think of an image. You think about God. Hopefully, there can be uh, an image of God, whether it's father or mother or light or rock or whatever it is, and then come up with a name for God. So that's the first part of the breath prayer, just simply coming up with a name for God that's helpful for you, and then use your imagination and think about God and say, imagine God asking you, what do you desire? And then see what comes out of that. So if it's anxiety, for example, you might think, Lord, I desire peace. I want to know love. I want to know grace. Whatever it is that you are desiring in your life right now. So the breath pair is essentially you breathe in whatever the name of God that is helpful for you. So it might be Holy Mother, Light of Life, Rock of my salvation, Jesus Christ. You breathe in and say that name that's helpful for you. And then when you breathe out, you name whatever it is that you desire. Holy God, bring me your peace. Eternal strength, keep me grounded. And we'll practice this in worship on Sunday. And another thing that I want to add to them is to first, before saying this prayer, to use breath and then to simply ask yourself, where am I? Where am I right now? In other words, where's my mind? As we breathe in and out to ask myself, where am I right now? Where's my head? Is it racing to all kinds of places? And hopefully, by focusing on our breath, we bring ourselves back to the place where we remember that it begins and ends with God. So we ask ourselves, where am I? And then we imagine that God, this God that we imagine, this God that we've already named, is saying to us two sentences. That God is saying to us, you are here. And then God will say again, I am here. So maybe we incorporate that into our breath prayer. Maybe we simply say, holy comfort, you are here. God of life, you are here. And hopefully that will help us to begin to at least center ourselves a little bit rather than let the mind just take off. Now, when we pray to this day, I hopefully have had enough experience with prayer, and still my mind races all the time. And breath helps me to say, okay, I've taken, my mind has gone to all kinds of places, let me come back to where it all begins. Not with my head, not with my thoughts, but with God. When I was a child, I was visiting my grandmother, and this was around Easter time, and there was, I was probably eight or nine years old, and there was an Easter egg hunt in this park. And so I went on this Easter egg hunt, and as any child does, as soon as that 
they say go, you are just running all over the place looking for eggs and putting them in your baskets and it's great fun. And I realized because I was visiting my grandmother and this was not a park that I knew and that seemed in my memory anyway, there are like thousands of kids. There are probably a 50, who knows? But in my memory, there's this this massive park and just so many people who are running around. So I'm picking up all these eggs and then I realize after a while, I have absolutely no idea where I am. No idea where I am. And I cannot find my grandmother. And I do not know where she is and I do not know where I should go. And so finally I figure out like, all right, I need to go to where the guy with the microphone is making the announcements. And I go to him and I say, I've lost my grandmother. And then out of, so he makes the announcement. It's like one of those, we have this little boy here who has lost his family and so on and so forth. And so I'm just standing there and I'm still feeling lost, but I have a better sense. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm in the place where I'm supposed to be. And then I, in my, again, in my memory, it's like the Red Sea, like these people part, like the people part. And I have this image of my grandmother with her arms out like this, as if to say, I'm here. You found me. I found you. And it's a wonderful memory that I have of here. And perhaps I think maybe this is a way for us to say, as we run around and anxiety begins to take, uncertainty can have such a, a difficult and um, harmful impact on our lives. And yet when we say, I need to go back to a place where I know that I think is where God might be. And indeed, that's where God will be. So I'm not going to be able to help you cure anxiety, especially if you were really struggling with it with just this simple exercise. By you doing this, I wish I could tell you that your anxiety will be gone forever. But hopefully it begin to help you, this one small tool. And then I also know if you are really truly struggling with anxiety and depression, uh, mental illness is something that... Um, at Urban Village, we certainly want to help people through, and I certainly know professionals who can help them when it becomes debilitating, and so please reach out to me, and I can help you in that way. But hopefully, this can, this exercise and this way of thinking can help us to ask ourselves the question, where am I right now? Where am I right now? And we use that breath prayer, like you can, maybe this is the first prayer you ask, Lord, where, Heavenly God, where am I? And then we hear God saying back to us, you are here. I am here. And hopefully that begins to help us realize that we begin and end our lives in the presence of God. And that will never change. You are here. And God is here. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, I hope you are well. I hope you've had a good summer. And I will be now back for a while. So uh, it, it will be uh, always great to engage with you again. So feel free to email me, chris at urbanvillagechurch.org. On Twitter, I'm at Christian Kuhn. And so those are ways that you can reach out to me. And uh, until next week, I hope that the presence of God uh, which uh, goes beyond our comprehension, our standing, our understanding, is with you and gives you a sense of peace always. <laughs>